Welcome to Razor Branding Podcast with Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Hello. No need to adjust your computer screens. I'm not Jackie Russo, but I am your host of today's very special edition of Razor Branding Podcast because we are celebrating 20 years of Brand Russo with the co-founders, Michael and Jackie Russo. So before they regret inviting me to do this with them, I wanna invite them on to talk about the magic and the madness that is Brand Russo. Mike and Jackie, come on out. Okay, well, half of us are here. We just need one more. <laughs> he is probably regretting this instantly right now. I know, I'm, I'm very sorry, but um, your listeners might be thinking like, why me? Hi, Michael. Hello. Hello to my dear friends. I know your, your friends might be, or your people might be thinking like, why do I get this distinction to interview you guys? Well, because I was there at the beginning. And I don't mean just at the beginning of your company, but at the beginning of the partnership. So whatever secrets y'all don't share today, I will share with your listeners later, so. That seems fair. Yeah. Y'all, congratulations. As someone who's been a friend, a coworker, and on the recipient of your incredible work, congratulations on 20 years. That is truly spectacular, a great accomplishment. How does 20 years feel to you guys? Old. <laughs> it feels old <laughs> today. Michael? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of... Um... It's kind of a, uh, I mean, it's obviously a milestone and it kind of just came, it just happened. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you're busy working and kind of grinding it out and surviving every year. And all of a sudden it's like 20 years have gone by. Um, so, and it is pretty, I mean, it's pretty impressive actually, just because of knowing what other people have not made it either through this business or not, or you're just owning a business for that long or even surviving a marriage that long or working together and being married for that long. I mean, there's a whole lot of wins in that. So. Yeah. yeah, and you're jumping ahead to a lot of questions that I'm sure your listeners will want to know, like how and why did you choose to work and uh, stay married at the same time? But we will get to that. So start us off with you guys. How did y'all start off with even just the decision to go into a company like this for yourselves? How did it start? What's the catalyst for it? So we were both working normal, regular, real jobs like people do every day. And I had some frustrations with mine. And you know, Michael has some frustrations with his, like everybody does every day. And Michael's dad actually was the catalyst. He made a comment about, um, you know, not being able to get ahead when you're working for somebody else. And that kind of resonated. And I was super pregnant and hormonal. So everything made sense and was, you know, emotional. And um, I said on the drive on the way home from lunch, I mean, I'll never forget. Um, I said to Michael, like, I see how you as a graphic designer could go freelance and do that for people, you know, start a company, but I don't see how I could do that. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And he said, well, you're a media buyer, you're a strategist. Um, you could be a, basically a marketing director gun for hire. Uh, there's plenty of things you could do. And I thought, huh, I wonder if anybody would hire me. So six, seven and eight months pregnant, I waddled into people's offices on my lunch break, on the weekends, after hours, I was always very, um, specific to honor my current employer's time. I never wanted to, you know, double up on that. Uh, so after hours, I would go and make sales calls basically and say, you know, hey, I'm I'm a media buyer. I'm a market strategist. And crazy enough, people were like, sure, I'll sign up for your services. And I thought, OK, well, now I got to figure out what services it is right, you just right. signed up for. 
And then, well, Michael, were you on board right away? Or Jackie, did you do this like all on your own for a little while? Like how, how did it become creative and what you were doing, Jackie? Well, I think he was on board from the beginning. Yeah. A helper after hours because he also had a real job. Yeah, I was kind of freelancing for her in a way. I would just do pick up jobs that she had need to get done, that kind of thing. But then I think quickly it was like, all right, we're either going kind of all in or not. And then we just, you know, jumped all in. Yeah. That had to be scary. It was like six and a half, almost seven months. I was completely by myself. And then all of a sudden, neither one of us had real jobs is how it felt. And we had, we had no place either. I mean, we were literally in an extra bedroom. Um, I think Jordan was, was yeah. born. Yeah, well, she was a- the company started February 1st. Jordan was due in February. She ended up being late. So she came the middle of March. And um, so the office and the nursery were the same room because uh, it made it easy. I could nurse her, do work, change her. She could nap. I could do work. And it was the cycle repeated. And how old was your first child at that time too? It was a year and a half. And if I recall correctly, you were also going through house renovations? That was Maggie. We went through renovations the next year. Okay. That's what everybody can do when they're pregnant with their third kid, trying to start still a beginning business and raising two toddlers is completely remodel your house for 10 months. That is crazy. Now, I know that Rousseau, Brand Rousseau was not the first name of your company. So what was the original name of your company and what's the story behind that? Michael? Well, we it was it was a bunch of things, actually. But I think what we settled on was um, um, OEJ Marketing was the first iteration. And and actually, kind of the same time, I was doing freelance work and I was called I call myself uh, one I Jack Creative. Because our son Jackson, um, when he was, he had this weird thing, like he would like be dozing off and we'd wait for him to go to sleep and because he never slept. He was a very loud, obnoxious kid. And and right before he would close his eyes, he would open one eye up, like to check and see if we were still in the room, you know? So we called him One Eye Jack. And so that was where that came from. And then OEJ Marketing came out of that. So that was the first iteration. Actually, I think it was OEJ Media. OEJ Media. Then it was OEJ Marketing. And was that, when did y'all move to, your first office was on university? Right, so we had been in business seven months when we rented that office. And right about then is when I think we transitioned to Russo Ad Group, because now the two Russos are together, so we're a group. We had one employee and then another and then another. I mean, by the time we finished our first year in business, I think there were four or five of us. And so we needed a group name, so we became Russo Ad Group. Even that kind of development, you guys, is incredible for people going into business for themselves. Right. Yeah, and that also talks about our first one of our first mistakes, which was painting on the side of the building, because if you <laughs> were located downtown Lafayette and um, you can still see remnants of the old sign that says Russo Ad Group that we didn't paint over very well. So it's still kind of there in the, in the shadows. Yeah. That's on your downtown us. building? Yeah, um, it reminds me of our humble beginnings every time I notice. There, <laughs> we, we need those reminders and that's we what this group here is for. <laughs> uh, do you remember what your first, who your first like paying client was? Oh, sure. Our very, very, very first ever paying client was Woods and Waters Restaurant. Um, the person who was uh, Catfish Shack, right? It was Cock of the Walk and then it was, was it Catfish Shack? Was that right, Mike? Yes, it was originally Cock of the Walk. 
talk of the walk. Okay. And so then it became Woods and Waters Restaurant, which we named and did the logo for. And Michael designed elements of their interior because at that point, if you needed us, we were whatever you needed us to be. We were interior designers. We were custodians. I would plunge a toilet. I mean, I'm here for it. Whatever you need. I think you um, still do that. Not plunge yeah, the toilet, but I mean, that. you do whatever they want. Yes. But I mean, but there was no slowdown in the hustle. You know, like whatever a client needed, I was there for it. Today, a client calls and says, "Would you do the interior design of our building?" I would say that's so not our skill set. I have a list of great professionals I can refer you to. But back then, I didn't understand you're supposed to say no sometimes. So um, there's a lot I didn't understand back then. But anyway, that was our first paying client, Robichaux Furniture. And then um, the furniture store up in uh, central Louisiana, um, Rooms for You, which was a blatant ripoff of Rooms to Go. <laughs> we did not name them or come up with their business model. We just did the marketing. And how did y'all decide to move into downtown? Uh, we've been three years and uh, Mike, I'm just going to answer these questions unless you jump in. I mean, you know, so we've been three years in business and literally I look up and I realize we have 12 employees and we're in about 900 square feet and I'm sharing my actual physical office with two other people. We, it was my, my desk was a timeshare and I thought we need to expand. <laughs> like we are way too tight. And so that's when we bought the building. Well, that was another mistake. And I can list all the mistakes we made because we had it. Um, we had like a little. I think we're suite. seeing the dynamic of the the agency continue. Well, we had like a little suite of a, like an, an office suite, and so we grew outgrew that. So we broke a hole in the wall into the next office suite. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was such a bad idea. I mean, it really was because like a couple months later we moved out, moved downtown, and we had to go repair the wall. We had to go. I mean, it was a nightmare. It was like really not. We got permission from the landlord ahead of time. It's not like we did it in the middle of the night, but yes. We rented two suites, right? Instead of moving to a bigger place, we just like, it was just like college mentality. Like, you know, let's just break a hole in the wall. It'll be perfect. I did not know what I was doing for a long time. And that includes through today. And so what, so kind of keeping on going Mike's theme, like um, things I can't believe that we did. Do you have some things that kind of stand out? Like Mike, Mike, whether it's projects or, go ahead, Jackie. All-time favorite of like, what the heck were we thinking was, first of all, quitting real jobs while nine months pregnant with a toddler at home. I'll put that at the top of the list. Immediately followed by deciding we're going to buy a building downtown, putting in an offer, not waiting to make sure we're going to actually get that building and giving notice on the old office and then finding out the new building is not actually a deal that's going to happen. But other people have signed a lease on the old office. So now we are a company of homeless people with nowhere to work. You're stressing out just explaining it. Long before working from home was cool, let me assure you. Oh, yeah. That's what it's like, that's what it's like living in Jackie Jackie Russo's world. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you said it, not me. Yes. Moving very fast. Sign, 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 sign. Right. It worked out fine. It did. Because if those things hadn't happened, we wouldn't have this building. And this building is way better than the other two buildings I thought we were going to get. So Mike, what are some of the either projects or or creative things that you've worked on that you're like, I'm so glad I got to do that, or I can't believe we actually did that? Um, I, I mean, it's a little bit of both. I mean, because obviously we're in kind of a reflective mode as you kind of, but at the same time, we've been really busy lately. So it's like all of a sudden today's the day where we have to do this podcast and I'm totally not prepared for it. And um I mean, it was half hour before and I was like trying to get off of another call to get on here and, and all this stuff. But um, so it's like we never really evolved into a um, I don't think we ever will. We're still very involved. Like, I mean, I 
I'm a creative director here, but I'm also doing layout work and correcting files and color correcting images. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're knee deep in the process of it all, you know? And so um, I guess that was kind of always the, uh, I guess the plan. And I'm totally not answering your question, which you asked me. What, uh, are there any projects that stand out for you that you were glad um, that were fun to work on or like, I can't yeah, believe that? A bunch, I guess that's what I was getting at was like, it's such a long, it's hard to look back on that and, and pick out those, you know, like there's definitely things I'm proud of. Um, um, and really it, it sounds so trite, it's, it sounds silly, but it's it's the ones that were successful for our clients. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 not really as much of a self gratifying thing, but to know that we moved the needle for somebody, that somebody was successful and we helped make that happen. That is a huge win, you know? Oh yeah, I mean, it's why we do the things that we get drawn to do and you're good at it. I imagine that would be very satisfying to see that success for your clients. Such as the co-op casino projects that we did in Shreveport to steal that business back away from Oklahoma and bring it back to Louisiana. Uh, mm -hmm. The work that we did for First Bank and Trust in New Orleans, the work that we did for CC's Coffee Houses uh, to launch all the Mocha Sippies, the work that we did for, who would you put next on that list, Michael, Downtown Lafayette? Yeah, all, all of our um, tourism stuff has been, I love that stuff. Uh, stuff we did for Natchez, Mississippi, for Downtown Lafayette. Kitty of Parish. Um, yeah, that, that's always, yeah, because people are so connected to that and they're so passionate about it. And being able to kind of work with them on those projects is, is very rewarding. Definitely. And I, I know y'all do do a lot for like um, UL and downtown Lafayette and a lot of the nonprofits here in town. Um, I know a bunch of people who followed your 24 hour podcast and I see your art in everywhere. Uh, and that, that's got to be real rewarding to be able to do that. It yeah. is. It, Kind of cool though, and it's weird to think that we did that. Mike, what were you saying too? Well, we we modified some of that. Like we used to. I mean, we we're definitely believers, and and if somebody asks us to do something, we I don't think we've ever told anybody no. I mean, we're, we're very much yes people when it comes to that. Hey, I need this. I need that. I need. Can you help me do this? Can you help me do that? I'm like, yeah, totally. Our, like whatever kids are, whatever school our kids are at, we've done all their marketing <laughs> because it's like. Hey, marketing people. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll jump in. You know, it's, it's just really easy to do that. And it doesn't take anything from us with time really, you know, so. And talent. Yeah. But it's an easy give, you know, like you want to, you want to be able to help people with your talents. And I think um, you mentioned something about that earlier. I saw in your, um, your blog post this morning, Jackie, about mm -hmm. um, giving your time and talent to keys to success, I guess, is what you were getting at. Pretty much. Yeah. Jackie, what was your blog today? Yeah, the um, 20, the 20 things. things I learned in the last <laughs> 10 years. Um, and it was, you know, it, it was a reflective list, which I, I don't think I spend a lot of time being super reflective. But I definitely feel like uh, when I can circle back and really think about where we were. And, um, and I remember, I mean, I remember vividly standing in that parking lot um, back in August, I guess, of 01 when we rented that office and looking around and thinking, what <laughs> the have I just done? <laughs> well, Did and you I remember. No, I whispered. Um, um, I, I remember the one year that I worked for y'all, and was when you moved into the building downtown, and we were working on banquet tables, this queen wall, so that construction could happen. And I was thinking, I hope they know what they're doing. We didn't. Just spoiler <laughs> yeah. alert: we had no idea, and still don't. Yeah, that's all. And so, how how would you say like the culture of the organization has changed? It's changed, it's changed every couple of years, I think. Um, I think we finally, in the past, 
you know, I would say the later half, the, the second half has been much better than the first half, you know, the last 10 years. And in the last few years, it's gotten really good um, because, you know, we didn't, it, I mean, we're kind of beating ourselves up about making mistakes, but I guess every business owner does that. And when you look at the list of things, cause you have, there is no book. I mean, you can read every manual, but until you're like having kids, you know, you don't know what, what it's like until you do it, you know, yeah. but, um, but figuring out how to hire the right people and, and, and find the right people that, cause our whole goal with doing all this was to have a place that we wanted to work. Like we don't punch clocks here. We get to wear whatever we want. I wear, you know, sandals, clocks, whatever, shorts. I mean, we don't have dress codes. Um, we're, we're, we wanted to work with adults to where, you know, you come and go as you please, as long as your work's getting done. I'm not going to look for you and say, oh, hey, I got to run. Can I, can I go to the doctor today? Yeah. If you got to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. I mean, like be a grown up, you know, just do your work and communicate and find the right people that work well in those environments was really hard. Not everybody does. Not everybody works with that kind of freedom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that was one of the biggest things is figuring out how to manage that and manage people because I think we were both good at what we did. But um, I'm still a horrible manager. I mean, I'm not, I'm not good at that at all. Jackie, don't don't nod your head at that. Jackie, do not nod your head at that. But I'm agree with him. Aren't I supposed to say <laughs> when I agree with him? Yes, Michael, I agree with you. Jackie, how do you call Jersey Ball what it is now? Uh, I think Michael's right. I think that we have done a much better job of hiring. Um, every time we hire somebody, we learn more about how to hire even better next time. And so it's not that the people that we worked with in 06, 07, 08 weren't great. They were great for that stage and that time of us. And they helped us get to here. Um, and I like here and I can't wait to see where we are five years from now, 10 years from now. Uh, but for me, it's about evolving the work. Um, I think that there was this turn uh, maybe about 15, 12, 15 years ago where we stopped being order takers. It stopped being very project based. And it really became bigger and deeper than that. It became more strategic and we got more involved in the way our clients can actually be more successful in their business, not just we're going to make a logo or we're going to give you a website. And that's when it got fun for me. And the same thing goes with like finding the right people is find the right clients. And it sounds weird because, we'll, you know, you, you sometimes you can't be beggars and pickers and choosers. You know, you take what you get sometimes, you know, but our most successful endeavors have always been with clients that trusted us and bought in, they bought into what we're trying to do, mm -hmm. you know, the, the full scope of branding and what that means, uh, forming emotional connections, really digging deep into who they are and their culture and all these different things, not just an ad and putting an ad out is easy. Doing a brochure is easy. I mean, it takes some skill, but, but it's the bigger picture stuff that we've excelled at. And um, it, it's like, from a business standpoint, it's, it's hard for me. Cause like I am, you're in a constant state of breaking up. It feels like, you know, it's, you can't have, I mean, clients don't stay forever. And we have some that were, yeah. it was for five or six years, which is awesome, you know? 10 or 12, but yeah. Yeah, long. And, and those are great relationships. Um, but eventually a marketing director will change, um, ownership will change or, or whatever. Or their needs. Or you, you've done their, you're, you know, you've done the work for them and now it's time to let them go. It happens, but it, there is, it's always a breakup and it's always hurts my feelings. It always makes me sad. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, when you're no longer, I mean, really think about it though. You're our relationship, you're doing work for them. And all of a sudden they say, we don't need you anymore. It happened this morning. We got a, a letter from somebody saying that, you know, they're, they're moving on to something else. And it was something that we kind of also have going in house, which yeah. just means that we've done our job to set them up for totally. success and they can take it from here. Totally. And, and it, again, the rational side of that is I get it. The emotional side of it, because you pour your heart into this stuff is like, they're, they're leaving you and they're going to somebody else and somebody else could do their work. And there's a whole lot of jealousy issues and complicated. I'm going to jump, jump on this. 
<laughs> I'm going to segue into this because you see the very uh, distinct difference between the creative side and the, the I don't even know what to call this other side so as not to offend the creative side, but the creative and the, okay, strategist. Thank you. I was going to ask you, Jackie, like, what do you call? So, um, like, maybe let's go into, like, how is it? It's like, Michael, you've been in the restaurant industry forever, too. It's like, it does it feel like front of house and back of house, like the differences there and you're trying to coordinate one effort? So what's it like, you guys, working front of house, back of house, husband, wife, um, creative, executive? What, what's all that dynamic like? And well, maybe, that, I should, maybe I should pull your, your employees that are working right now, too. Simply, they could jump in. They'll be <laughs> uh, look. That's part of it too. Working here, you got you have to understand that dynamic is that you have two owners that are both on different sides of the building. Our office is set up that way. We have a creative suite and, a, and the other side, and um, I call it the other side. Um, but we don't, and and we put people between us to where Jack and I don't have to talk a whole lot unless it's like for, for big stuff, you know, because. We want to stay married and um, as much as we can, and um, and it's not always easy because because we are on opposite sides sometimes, and that's what also makes our work really good, I think, because there's a creative creative input and strategic input, and they have to meet, and and there has to be compromises on both sides. You know, I, I may want something to do something really cool, but you know, it's not in the budget, it's not in the creative plan, it's not in the strategy. Um, it makes, just, no sense it makes no sense, you know, that kind of thing. And then they have to bend a little bit too sometimes because we may have a messaging point or something they really want to push. And, and it's, it's just working together on that. So, but yeah, the front of the house, back of the house is very true. Um, uh, I spent a lot of time restaurants in college. And even after that, when I lived in Seattle and, um, and we kind of set up our business that way to where the, um, the creative, we're actually the back of the house. We do the work. We're in the kitchen. Um, you won't see us a whole lot. The front of the house is our, our brand developers, Jackie. They're out in the front. They're the shaking face, hands. The face yeah, of them. Mm -hmm. They're selling the menu. They're talking about what to offer. They're trying to help the experience out and saying, this is what this is what I recommend. This is what I need you to do. And we'll come out every once in a while, like a chef will come out of a kitchen. He puts on his hat and his white coat and he'll come out for the meeting and he'll talk about what he's going to do for the night. But then he goes back and he goes to work. And that's what we're, we're in the bag working, grinding it out, you know. And just like in a restaurant, when the kitchen screws up an order or uh, we put it in the system and the POS and now it's not ready and it's not ready and it's not ready and we have to go keep that table happy, there are challenges that follow. That's true. <laughs> and moving on from that. <laughs> so we see how the, the delicacies of uh, just work in front of house and back and the differences that y'all come together to work on for the good of your clients, I know. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's, that, that's it. I think that's another thing we talked about culture earlier and, and we really have gotten to a place where our entire team is involved in these things. And, um, you know, it's not just like if, if we're coming up with a idea or a concept, we do something called razor branding, which is this big assessment plan that we bring to companies. And, um, it takes six or eight weeks to put together and it's like a 130 page document we're done and it covers everything. And, everybody's involved in that and everybody's putting their thoughts in that. We have constant meetings, constant talks, and, and we're, we're bringing in research. We have a research team that we never had before that just does research for us and really digs in deep. And they bring that to us. And then everybody's kind of has their hands on it at some point as we kind of craft this plan and ends up being a really nice, strong plan that works at the end. That's a, that's a huge development from five people in an office off of university. Uh, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have to figure some things out. Um, like I said, that part of it, uh, and we, uh, who is it? Uh, Gladwell? 
Malcolm. Malcolm. Gladwell is that his name? Yeah. No, anyway, I, I'm not a big reader, but um, I listened. I listened to his books on tape, um, The Outliers, <laughs> like many years ago. And he talked about the uh, so ten thousand hours or something like that, where you finally oh, feel like master. yeah, yes, right? ten thousand, yeah. And I don't know when that was for me or not, but there's somewhere along these twenty years, there was a there was a there was a moment where I woke up and I'm like, what I'm saying, I actually believed, and I knew it was fact. Like I I can go toe to toe with anybody now and back up my opinions and say. This is the way it should be done because I know it's the way to be done. I'm not guessing anymore. I'm not borrowing from somebody else's theory or philosophy or process. It's my process. It's my my thoughts that I believe in are true. Do you remember what that moment might might have been around for both of you? Like when you felt like, and I know you're still feeling like you're growing and developing, but like when you thought, whoo, we've made it. Okay. I know. Well, the or, whoo, we've made it. I mean, every payroll, I'm like, let's we hope did. we can pull it off this time. <laughs> I mean, not really, but that is how it feels sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but when I felt like we really knew what we were doing work-wise, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know exactly when that was. It was uh, about the middle to beginning of uh, 2006. Um, we had just celebrated our fifth year. We were working for First Bank and Trust in New Orleans. I was about to say, that was about the time, yeah. And 100% that project and those people pushed us and challenged us in every positive way possible. It was a great relationship. Uh, but we brought our game up to levels that I never thought were going to be possible. I mean, really, I thought I'd work from home. I'd play some tennis. Michael would do some logos for my clients. I would do media buys. And, you know, that would be it. I, I never took a class to run a business. I never thought I would found a business. Um, but anyway, so it's, you know, early 2006. We're about five years old. And um, it's probably right about the point that we've, you know, pushed past the 10,000 hour mark, I would imagine. And all of a sudden they were asking us questions about what our process was and how we knew the plans we were coming up with were right and how we were going to get this business growth that they needed. And I knew it was like I was channeling the spirit. Um, you had the information in you. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have to worry that what I was saying was wrong mm -hmm. or that I was faking it until I made it. Um, I knew the answers to the questions and I, I was smarter than I thought I was at that moment. And all of a sudden, all the pieces, just like the tumblers in the lock went. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah. All right. This might work out. We may not and, lose our house. Very yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing isn't I mean, it, it, this has all been done and we're not doing it any differently than a lot of people. But we've we've managed to take the best of a lot of things and put them into what we do best. And um, in a, a process that works, a system that works. And um, we apply that to everything. Like I said, it usually it works. I mean, if we, if we find, again, I hate to say find the right clients, not just find a client that agrees with you, but it's a, a client that is open to opportunities. They're open to collaboration. They, they, there's a trust there that working together. We have a, um, a client they're working with right now, which is one of our favorite ones like ever. And they're, um, they're an international company. They're doing a lot of great, cool things. And we're involved in their conversations and we're involved in what they're doing. And, and there's, um, there's a chemistry that really is hard to beat. And, yeah. and you got to find the right fit to things. Yeah. Both sides, yeah. both sides. Definitely. Definitely. Mike, when did you, have you ever had that feeling of, Oh, okay, I got this. Or, you know, we, we've come to a, a good plateau where I've made it. It was pr probably right around the same time because that was one of our, our first like big clients, like um, regional. They were big. They had a lot of money. They were we were doing work for the Saints. I mean, it was a really cool thing. And I was really lucky. We had an art director with us at the time uh, named Gary LeBeau, who um, 
who I always look up to when I was in school, he was already out in the world working and he had kind of retired for a while uh, to have a kid. And he came back when he came back, he worked with us for about a year, year and a half, maybe maybe two years. And he was with us during that time. So I got to have like somebody here that was working for us, but I was like taking his lead. And I learned so much from that. And I learned, I was, it was like uh, validation in a lot of ways, you know, as we worked together. And, um, but then it was just a matter of, you know, there's always insecurities and everything, especially in the creative side. I mean, anytime you put yourself out there, it's your talent that you're putting on the line and you're hoping that, you know, people like it. I mean, there's, there's so much, I don't know what you call it. What's the word? Um, insecurities or self-doubt or yeah, self-examination. Well, vanity too, you know, like but ego, the ego. I mean, you know, cause it's like, I want it, but I like that. And I want you to like what I do. When I talk to students all the time, I, I tell the same thing. It's like if you're getting in this thinking that you're you're an artist, you're you're in the wrong field, because art is what you do for yourself, and you you don't you know you're doing because you have to do it, right? Advertising is you got to go through your your um, your account executives, your your business owners, your art directors, the clients, the clients' wives. I mean, there's so many people that you have to go through that are going to have their opinions. And now this in our world, the advertising world is so accessible. I mean, you can, it's right here. I mean, everybody has digital Canva and all these different tools to make right. their own stuff. So, Guilty. you know, yeah. And, and yeah. it's fine. It, it's, a great, it's opened up the doors for so many people, but from, if you do it professionally and you have all these years behind you, you have to raise your game too and be that much better and have that much more into it and that much more a reason why you go to this route. You know, there's yeah. gotta be, a, you gotta offer something more than that. But again, it's 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 the vulnerability that you're putting yourself out there for. Ooh, now you now you speak in my language, there, friend. Mm-hmm. Hey, and you guys, I'm not watching the time or Facebook feed, so if there's questions or comments, okay. right? Yeah, okay, thank you. Um, so you know, Jackie, on uh, your podcast all this all last year, we're asking people how did they pivot last year. So tell me, how do you think Brand Russo had all any and all pivots this past year? Well, I mean, we had three kind of main ones. Um, it, it started with, I mean, accepting the reality that March 15th brought to everybody. Uh, and so it was immediately assuring our team that no matter what happened next, payroll would be met. They had jobs, we weren't laying off or furloughing. I needed people not to worry. I needed them to just do work because we all had to go worry about our clients. And so I couldn't have them worrying about the client and us because then we weren't going to get anything done. So then, you know, that was at 8 a.m. And then at nine, it was, okay, who line up the clients, who needs what, how do we help them pivot? And so those first 30, 60, 90 days were hair on fire, just adjusting and adapting and helping, you know, everybody figure out how to do something differently so they could stay in business. Um, and I was impressed with my team and everybody about, I think, how well we set aside what might have been our own concerns about health or finances or family or what's next for us. And we just knew if we took care of them, everything else would work itself out. And thankfully, that ended up being accurate. Um, so then right about, I don't know, 30 days into that, I realized that we had some clients who had stories to tell. And so then that was probably our first biggest pivot was taking what was like an audio podcast and turning it into this live video format because it was a great way for us to take our social media. I mean, I, I just got our monthly report this morning and Connor and the social media team do a great job. Um, you know, we had 36,000 engagements across all of our social media platforms in the last month. So, wow. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's so that if we get to do that and give that to our clients, 
that's going to help them survive. And so that's where this whole thing came out of. And whereas with our audio podcast, it took us about two years to get to 6,000 subscribers. We did that with the videos in about two hours. And so I was like, okay, we're onto something here. That's awesome. And then from there, um, it was Mike and I being approached to write a book. And I thought, well, that's probably good timing with the 20th anniversary coming up next year and us kind of feeling like we sort of know what we're doing maybe sometimes. Sure, let's go tell the world that we know this. We may not know a lot of things or probably a ton of things we've screwed up, but at least we know this and this is something we can share. And to me, that's very on mission for us is to take what we know and let other people learn stuff. And then third and final rounding the fourth quarter of the year was Brand State U. And that was me taking everything that I teach in these workshops and classes to um, entrepreneurs and small startups to say, hey, you may not be able to hire a big uh, branding agency like us, but you still need to know how to do things the right way for the Canva generation. Everybody who wants to be able to do it themselves, let me give you a little bit of advice and direction. And so Brand State U came to be and it officially launches in a couple of weeks, but we've already got people signed up and I'm already doing work through that. And that's been hugely rewarding. Yeah, that's a huge online pivot. I mean, you know, to think of how much business has gone online to put your expertise for, for both of you, all of the strategy and all the information that y'all know to put it so concisely in a course format, a membership format. I think that's a, a incredible pivot for you guys and offering. Yeah. Well, I just think not everybody can have us do it for them, but everybody needs to know it. And so whether you want to read the book or you want to sign up for some classes, you now have a chance to learn the things that you need to know because business is only going to get tougher. It's only going to get more competitive. The technological changes are only going to make more and more people obsolete. And so everybody needs to figure out how to make those pivots for themselves. Hey, and uh, um, I'm going to ask you all about your, your book a little bit later so we can feature that and, and the coursework too. But uh, um, Mike, you've talked a little bit about like things that we say that I wish hadn't happened or maybe this didn't go as planned for both of you. Are there things that have happened along your past 20 years that you can call out that that didn't go the way that I'd hoped or planned? But clearly we take it all as um, a lesson or it's something learned or it's something that we grew from or I can now see that I'm glad it happened. So something that maybe felt like that sucked at the time, but I can see how I learned from it. Y'all have some examples to Share. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many, I mean, every time you lose a pitch, every time you don't get what you want, I mean, every time, I mean, there's, I mean, again, it's, it's a constant, you have to have a thick skin doing this and you have to not take it personally a lot of times, um, which I don't know, I don't do well, but, but I think, you, but sometimes it has worked out like this didn't work out and it was probably for a reason because the next thing that did was so much more beneficial, you know, mm -hmm. um, missing a, like a, having a client leave and it was like, maybe they should have a long time ago. You know, it was probably for the best kind of thing. Cause they were, it was a bad fit, you know? Um, so I guess that, that's one of the biggest things. I don't know if you, Jackie. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the first time I had to fire somebody that still haunts me. Like that was hard. It was hard to do. Should have hired them in the first place. Such a bad fit. Um, but now we're in it and I know that, you know, their family depends on that salary and I know that it's going to be, you know, as devastating to them as it is to me. Um, and so for whatever reason that that ended up being take your daughter to work day two only made it twice as bad. 
Um, so I just had to fire her with her daughter right outside the room. It was just a thing, man. Yeah. I mean, no, seriously, seriously. You already activated the protocol. So the email had already been rerouted and the server had already been disconnected. I mean, the computer had been disconnected from the server. Like there was no turning back. Right, right. Oh, yeah. no. what, what advice would y'all give to people wanting to either like go into business for themselves or Mike, if you have any advice for some budding creatives? Um, yeah, don't, don't do it. Michael. <laughs> All right. I'm going to answer first and you can come in after my advice is actually do it, do it hundred percent. Do it. Um, you know, the, the 20 things that I listed today in the blog are exactly how I think people should approach starting a business. Hard work does outweigh talent. Um, you need to fail fast because then you can figure out how to fix it and do it again. I like that. Right. One. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, you know, you want to start small. Um, there's no place for ego in all of this. You've got to be humble. You've got to be a lifelong learner. And there are so many resources out there. So do your work, do your research, do your due diligence, find the small business development center and the leaders and the LEDs and the opportunity machines. Every town has their version of those things. Everybody's got an entrepreneur incubator. Everybody's got a co-share workspace where you can work out of your house or rent a desk for a very small amount of money every month and be a part of a community of people who are starting to launch a business. I know that the tech startups get all the exciting news articles about them, but whether you're, you're starting a salon or a, a dry cleaner or a meal prepping service, we need you. There are always going to be people out there who don't like the offerings available right now and they just don't know you exist. And so the more you can do to figure out how you're different from everything else out there and let people know how you're the answer for them, the quicker you will become a success. And there's plenty enough for everybody. This is not a world of scarcity. This is a world of plenty. So just go find yours. I love that. And you can, they can take your course <laughs> to help themselves figure that out. I mean, yeah, I wasn't trying to sell the course, but yes, yes. But yes. Um, but you can go to Opportunity Machine and take courses for $25, which I teach. And you can go to Small Business Development Center and take courses for $25. There are so many resources. And the point is, don't be scared off because of failure. You will learn something and it will either help you evolve. I mean, I got to tell you, if we didn't have four kids to pay tuition and a mortgage to pay, we just shut this place down 15 times over again. There are plenty of times we screwed up and I thought, uh, this I can't go have this conversation with him. Like I got to find a way to fix it because uh, what do we do tomorrow for a job? So, you know, this place still exists 20 years later because I didn't have another job to go to. Well, and the driving force, I think, and you talk about what I would say to people trying to get in advertising and people that are in advertising and for ourselves, we, we made a lot of, like I said, mistakes, of course. And there's probably people that are unhappy with us along the way that we haven't done well for. And we are know, well loved. Hopefully, but um, but like I said, it just depends. But at the end of the day, the, the our effort has always been in doing right by our clients. And I say that because it's a lot of times when people, especially smaller companies, local companies, they'll come to us and, and they'll say, All right, I have this amount of money to spend. That's the amount of money they have to spend. Like it is, it's not, you know, and it's money that they're taking out of somewhere else to put towards advertising so they can keep their doors open. Mm -hmm. And if we don't take that seriously and we don't put our, like, it matters. I mean, it, our, our solutions, what we're recommending, all that stuff, we know how important it is. It's not just about getting an award for ourselves or being cool or whatever. I mean, it, it, it matters. I mean, 
they could they could not be around next month because this money they put towards keeping their doors open didn't work. Now there's no guarantees in advertising, none. But I want to make sure that what we do recommend that we do say is going to give them the best chance of success. And if you don't take that serious enough, then you probably shouldn't be doing what you're doing. You know, but it's the people that take the money out of their savings account or their kids' college fund. I take that with the weight that it needs mm -hmm. because he's right. We are their last line of defense. We are the ones that are going to make sure that they're successful or not. Mm -hmm. And so whether they have $500 or $500,000 or $5 million, I've got to make sure all of them are as successful as possible. And that was never more relevant than um, relevant, probably yeah. relevant, no, relevant than no. during the, uh, the pandemic, the early stages of that, because everybody that we worked for was like panicking. Yeah. And it was, oh my God, are we going to be here next month? And, yeah. and businesses have been around for a long time and it was terribly, and, and I don't think any body that we work with at the time went under, I think, which I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really proud of. Um, and not just because us, they had a good work ethic and they had a good product and they had all, they had all the fundamentals they needed to be successful. But the fact that we helped make that come to, come to play was, was huge. And, um, oh, yeah. yeah. What, um, with in scary times, what do you say to yourselves to help you keep going? I mean, that, you know, it, we have the gift of hindsight. Now you're at 20 years and you've had the lean years you've had, you know, it's like feast or famine success or fears. What, what do you have said? What have you said to yourself to get you through some tough times that you could say to your clients or to other people who are struggling to keep making it to their twenty years? Just keep going. I mean, what's the getting up tomorrow? Not getting out of bed? Not going to work? I mean, there's no option uh, unless you know he won the lottery and didn't bother to tell me. Uh, this is it. This is what we do for a living. And so the way we stay successful is to make sure our clients stay successful. So. We get up every day and we find a new way to do that. Well, I do have my secret Seattle account just in case things. Right, things right. Forgot about your Playboy fund. Your secret what account? <laughs> I, when I moved home from Seattle, um, I had a bank account at Seafirst Bank. Remember that? Oh my gosh. And, um, yeah, and I didn't close it. I had like a dollar thirty-seven left in it or something. It like probably that. has like, two hundred dollars in it now. It, it, no, I think eventually they closed it, but for like ten years, I kept getting bank statements and it would grow <laughs> incrementally. <laughs> It was crazy. They spent as much sending him a statement every month as he had in the account. No, really, when you think about printing the paper, the envelope, the stamp, every month they spent more than he had in the account and he let that account go for years. Michael, you're loyal. You are loyal and dedicated, my friend. Yeah, but but Jackie is right though. And that's, a, I mean, I got that from my, my, my parents is, and you know, it's like we went through the oil crash in 86 and um i watched my family suffer through all that and um and they they you know my dad got up the next day you know he, he kept going to work and he kept grinding it out it, there was no there was not an option to not do that you know and they made we made it through that um through a lot of trials and tribulations but i learned from that i learned that you know my family's an immigrant family from sicily and they came here with nothing so it's like it's in your bones you know it's like that's what you do i'm not out digging ditches and i'm not out working hard for a living i, I don't sweat i'm not in the sun i sit at a desk so I'm, I'm blessed with that but but i'll grind it out you know and it's like that's just you have to have that in you um or times get hard you bail on it you know and that's that's not a way to live do you have a, um an event in your history that you kind of look back to that says this was a pivotal moment for me that makes me who i am today uh, that probably is a big, big part of it. Um, like I said, around 80, 86, 87, when like, if you were in Lafayette, you know what I'm talking about. It just, it was dark days, man. People were 
losing everything and, and moving out. They said, you know, last one out, turn the light, hit the switch on the way out the door. You know, it was, it was bad. And, um, but as far as like work ethic and, and how to live your life, I think watching people get through that, you know, was, was a huge lesson. Mm-hmm. Jackie, what about you? Um, you know, I have a lot of them uh, switching schools uh, from the Academy of Sacred Heart to Life at High as a junior. Uh, finding speech and debate was a huge pivotal moment. Uh, not going to my dream school and ending up at the University of Louisiana, which ended up being exactly where I needed to be. Uh, joining FIMU, the women I met there, uh, moving to Los Angeles, the opportunities that I should have never had. Like the, the jobs that I fell into and lucked into are just. I mean, it's remarkable the things that I got to do at 22, 23, 24 years old. Um, I mean, we have a kid that's about to be 22. The thought of him packing up his car with $150 in his pocket and driving across the country with no job and no place to live. I mean, holy cow. Um, you know, I, there's so many moments like that along the way. And then I, I think the biggest turner was obviously meeting Michael. That set the course for everything that got us to where we are right now. No. You're welcome, and I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, both of those every day. <laughs> um, for any of our listeners, I introduced these two. So you're welcome for the past 20 years of Brand Race. So. And so, and if, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and sorry. Uh, yeah, if any uh, anybody wants to know, like, a good way to get a date is learn how to dance, have a tux, don't need a babysitter on your first blind date. So there's All true. I, I, I think that was the sales pitch you gave her. I think uh, it was Jackie exactly asked, yeah. exact. Yeah, Jackie you asked you. Yeah. Dance and he'll say yes. <laughs> yes, saying yes was a good. Yeah, was, he'll say yes. Yeah, that was easy. Very easy. <laughs> hey, I, I am watching the time. So, um, in West Wing fashion, I would like to ask you, what's next? I do so, know. Yeah, tell, I know the. Oh yeah, no. I, when I yes. closed the blog today with that, I thought, oh, God, that's such a great full circle moment for me. Uh, so what's next is the the release of our book, uh, which is coming out in three weeks. Um, Michael gets probably 94% of the credit. I'll take six because um, my name's on the cover. Um, it, it was a fascinating process. You know, when they approached us, it's a Forbes Advantage Media. And when they approached us to do it, I thought that's, you know, that's a lot of ego to say I'm good enough at what I do to write a book. And then I thought, mm, okay, 20 years, we must do something, right? I'm, all right, I'm in. And um, the, the process that we went through with them interviewing us and having us talk through, you know, how Michael feels about the work we do and how I feel about the work we do and the different styles of work and how those come together and the duality of it, all of a sudden it really kind of started to click that the duality of our marriage, um, of our being roommates, which is very different than being married together, um, of being business partners, and then of the two sides, you know, front of the house, back of the house, like we talk about in this agency, and those different roles we play in and slip in and out of throughout the course of a day, yeah, that merits something. And so um, the reviews have been positive. Um, the feedback has been great. Uh, my team, as they finally got their little hands on it to proof it the other day, oh, I heard them laughing out loud. Okay. Can you, can you say like the title or anything like that? Oh yeah. I was going to let Michael talk at this point for any specifics. Okay. Mike. You're doing That's good. That's it. You're done. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's called, he said, he said, she said branding. And it literally is the two of us talking back and forth about how we see the street, the strategic and creative side of what we do. The duality of it. Yeah. I think we, and we talked about actually, um, 
they had brought it up and I thought it was a good idea because I'm actually interested. It went better than I thought it would and I kind of enjoyed the process and um, I like to write in general, but this was kind of gave me a, a platform and um, a, a setting to write in, you know, like parameters and, mm -hmm. and, and, and they help really guide you through that process. But it's like he said, she said parenting or things like that. Cause I think that would be much more entertaining is to, which our kids are mortified about. They're like, please don't ever mention us in public. But, um, but I think it'd be hysterical. Oh, it's coming. I've already started chronicling so many stories of things we screwed up. The fact that they are, you know, as sort of adjusted well as they are is a miracle. Um, because I for sure feel like there's a very long list they could take with them to therapy at any moment. No, no, I got you covered. It's but only okay. because you're a therapist. Y'all, y'all are being really, um, uh, very, diplomatic and professional and good. I commend you both on this interview, but so for your listeners and really everyone who knows y'all, y'all know what this book is gonna be like. It is, he said, she said. Well, because we're, when he says it, he's wrong. And so I have to step in and correct him with the actual correct answer. Well, here the, the book starts out with a story and it's a true story. And it just to be clear that we're at a meeting one day, this happens all the time. And because we're in a meeting and we're talking and everything's fine. It was not fine. We were annoyed, but go ahead. She said something and it annoyed me. And it, what it was, and disagreement. And I had an empty water bottle and, and I tossed it at her. Literally, I was like, oh, could be being silly. And I hit her like maybe on the shoulder. And like, it was like a toss. It was a toss. She describes it as I, if, if she, I stood up and hurled it at her head and it was half full of water. <laughs> totally not what happened. But if you hear her tell the story, that's what it sounds like. To be clear, we were in a work meeting with work people. He thinks I rolled my eyes and he throws, it was not a light toss. The witness in the room has put it on the screen. <laughs> confirmed it was not a light toss. Jessica, this motion. He said, Jessica, you are brave. Well, she, she has job security. Um, he, he just did it. He goes, so I tossed it. That's not a toss. This is a toss. That's a throw. And it, it traveled eight feet to hit me in the shoulder. And it hit me hard enough that I said, ow. And it was not empty. So it he said, empty. she said, that's sort of how the book goes. But it doesn't sound, I think, the same tone I just used. I think it's funnier. Um, oh, no, yeah, it's all pretty funny. So, yes, he said, she said branding, right? Correct. The first in what will be a series of he said, she said books. I dig it. And we have these little talking heads when it's our turn to talk in the book. So, like, there's a little talking out of him saying stuff and a little talking out of me. It's really kind of cute. I can hear it all. Yes. Mike, any any parting statements on that story? No, but the, the, well, look, the book is cool. It, it probably gives away way more than we should. We basically tell people how to run an agency, um, <laughs> what we do, but we've always been that way. Um, and because of Jackie, we give away a lot of information. Um, it, it's just part of, you know, I don't know your philosophy behind that. Maybe you can elaborate, elaborate. but um, but this book is 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 how we, our process works and our beliefs, our core values of what we how we handle branding and in and, and today's world um, and what we've learned along the way. And I think it's um, it's a testament of uh, 
of who we are and what we're about, and I think and, and what you've created. And you know, I, I don't think I don't think you give away the farm by sharing a book like that. It's like any you know self help book of mental health things that I follow too. There's there's nothing that will replace working with you guys in person for one to one for a client to come to you, Michael, and say, "Here's what I envision. Here's the feeling I want," and you can create something from scratch out of your brain from that. And Jackie to create a strategy of how to reach the people that any one person wants to reach. I mean, what y'all do is invaluable because you're honoring what is naturally inside you guys. And so, well, you get to 20 years by doing your calling. So I'm going to read this review. This is the first review we got. Jackie and Michael Russo's book, He Said, She Said Branding, explains better than anyone else how to take the equal parts of creative design and marketing strategy to create an appealing brand. The book not only communicates the importance of branding, but how to apply these branding principles into traditional and more accepted methods of advertising. It articulates a unique process, a five-phase methodology that provides marketing practitioners a clear-cut branding roadmap. The book is an easy read and is filled with practical advice and personal examples of their dynamic process for branding. As a business consultant uh, to over 450 advertising agencies across the United States, Canada, and Europe, Jackie and Michael are two of the best branding experts I've ever worked with. I highly recommend their book. How awesome is that? That's and who is this? I'm sorry, I missed I the beginning. He's run a couple of agencies and he works with like 450 agencies around the world. Oh, awesome. I know. And do you want to say more about um, Branding State U? Well, sure. I mean, I can do that real quick. So BrandStateU, like university.com, is a place to go if you can't or don't want a full agency, but you do want more professional advice and experience, uh, you can sign up and take some classes. You can sign up for a membership and you'll get some monthly direction and guidance and coaching. You know, like we'll get on call together every month and talk through some things. You can ask questions. I'll tell you what to do. It's for everybody that wants access to the knowledge, but doesn't need all the stuff that comes with an agency. Look, I'm, one of my viewers is listening. <laughs> hey Aaron. The book on tape. We'll start reading it later. <laughs> I I do want to narrate the audio version with the nope. two of us narrating it because no, I think I, I, think is necessary. I think we hire out Aaron and Melissa to read it. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> no, it needs y'all's tone. That is very unique. You know it it only comes from the user, so that's super. Aaron, that cracks me up. Okay, so um I do have Michael and Aaron both use the phrase book on tape. There are no more tapes, y'all. Let it go. Book on Audible. Okay, y'all ready for your lightning round? I have some other questions in there, but like, is there anything else? And I'll just ask you, as I do in 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 therapy sometimes, is there anything else you would like us to know? <laughs> no, this whole thing has been painful, but um I know. Thank you for letting us put this limelight on you. You've been doing a bunch of your jobs very well. Thank you. Yeah, Jackie's the voice and the uh, face of the company, so I, I, I'm glad with that. I'm good with that. You've been speaking pretty good, my friend. You did good today. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm literate. I can talk. I just don't like it. Literate means you can read. I speak good. Jackie, <laughs> put pull out your referee flag. Yeah. Black wow. Yeah, I wore my black and whites, my refereeing, just in case. Y'all did good today. All right, so y'all ready for a lightning round then? Are we supposed to both answer at the same time or is it one and then the other? I will I will ask you specifically one and, and the other. Is that good? Okay, Jack, and, and for both of you, but I'll say one specifically. Okay, Jackie, your favorite podcast? Other than my own? 
Yes. Armchair expert. Say it again. I'm sorry. I talked over you. Armchair expert. Armchair expert. Okay. Expert. Michael, do you have one? Um, Joe Rogan experience. Okay. Uh, Jackie, your favorite food? Bold crawfish or Michael's spaghetti. Okay. Michael? Um, yeah, I mean, anything Italian. Anything that you cook, we'll all eat. Uh, Jackie, a movie that you will never turn off? Stealing Home. Michael? Um, Magnolia. A, I was gonna, I knew it. What did you say, Jackie? The lightning round. He shouldn't take this long. We both knew his answer before him. I know. I was like, it's gonna be Magnolia. Of course it is. Uh, Jackie, what makes you laugh out loud? My husband. Michael, what makes you laugh out loud? Uh, my kids. And them too. And I'll say TikTok videos now make you laugh out loud too. Just saying, but that's pretty And funny. it's annoying. Okay. Both of you, what would you do if not this? In an alternate universe, what would you do if it would not be what you're doing right now? Do I have to have the actual talent for it? Or is it just what I wish I would be doing? Oh, I like. It does not have to be the talent. Oh, well, then I'm on tour with the Indigo Girls. Nice. Okay. My I, would be, uh, I would be a float builder for Blaine Kern in New Orleans. Uh, you really should go before the float houses come down. I need to, yeah. Um, yeah, you already got, I mean, like, incredible. Um, okay, we already talked about advice for somebody who wants to make it. Um, uh, who's your favorite kid? Never mind, we all, <laughs> we all know who that is. I can scratch that off. I meant to scratch that off. Okay, and last of the lightning round, Michael, how old are you going to be on Wednesday? Um, early 40s. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, baby. yeah, I turned 50. I'm really not happy about it. So I'm dealing with all kinds of milestones right now. And I don't like any of them. You like this one, 20 years of your own company. Yeah. It just means I'm old. I invite all of all of all of the listeners who end up on this part of the podcast, feel free to enter your comments um, and encouragement to Michael on not only the milestone of his 20th anniversary with this company and working with his wife, but on He just let me out. <laughs> I'm glad I squealed when he pulled me out of the podcast. Feel free to send your messages. Mike turns 50 on Wednesday. Okay. Thank you, Melissa. You know, we all wish you both the best. But seriously, I because I didn't know if I missed something that y'all would like to talk about because 20 years is a great accomplishment people want to know like how you got here and I know that your community is grateful and I'm super proud of y'all as a friend. Um, so excited for the book, excited for brand state, you excited for y'all to keep doing what you're doing because I know I benefit from it too. Um, but is there anything else that you didn't get to share that you would like to? No, I mean, I thought it was very thorough. You did a good job with your questions. Um, I, uh, I look forward to seeing what's next. Mike? No, uh, thank you for doing this. Um, obviously, you played a big part in all this. Uh, from the beginning, as far as advice and being a good friend and being with us on this journey from back when we were much younger. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool that we're all sitting here having this conversation. I know. And right as now. much as I do love to talk about me, it really is can be about y'all this time. Um, 
But to that point, it is all about the connections and y'all are helping people make connections with the people whose lives they will impact. And so it, that's what it's all about is our connections and relationships. So keep doing what y'all are doing, Russo's. Thank you. And thank, thank you, Melissa. Really, none of this happens if you don't set us up on that first blind date. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Most days I am thankful for that. Yes. And then I'm sorry. And yeah. in those other days, you definitely owe me an apology. Yeah. No, it's super. Love you guys. Love you too. Thank you. All right. Somebody's gonna have to turn me off because I don't know what I don't know what else happens here. Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Bye, y'all. Congratulations. Bye. Thank you. Well, the day is the